Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Sports Drink Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. Preston Matthew Ellis, what's happening? Christopher Beatrice Connor, you old <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Ah, we meet again. What a glorious day. Uh, to get to get upset by the Los Angeles Lakers without LeBron Amon James and Anthony Davis the third. How dare you? Don't jump ahead. I, I uh, have to ask you about this. Right before Lonzo Ball is traded for undeveloping <laughs> talent. I'll die, dude. I will cry <laughs> a thousand tears. <laughs> My tears I, will rise I never up. Asked you. I never asked you when they when the Pelicans first made the trade. I don't remember where you were on Lonzo Ball. Do you where what were you at that time? <gasps> we have people in here. Lonzo Ball, uh, frankly, at the time, and and Harrison Fagan will agree to this. Of uh, I guess we can go ahead and start. I was going to give us. Oh, they left. What did mm. I say? They were like Sons Preston's of- in here. Fuck this. <laughs> 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 All right, now we got some people, Andrew and Romeo. So at the time, it it wasn't that sexy because, of course, Brandon Ingram was coming off that DVT uh, thrombosis. We didn't know what his status was going to be going forward. He didn't even uh, lift his arm for like six months straight. And Lonzo Ball, to the same extent, he hadn't played more than, I want to say, 45 games in a season, the two seasons prior to us picking up. He had never played half a season. So right. these guys had shown spurts. But they hadn't shown enough to really warrant a full Anthony Davis trade, which is why we wanted, you know, those three picks plus Josh Hart. But even then, like Harrison Fagan, of, uh, our, our heated rival over the silver screen and roll, he'll even admit at the time the reason the trade package was so heavy isn't because David Griffin was, you know, some kind of savant negotiator. It's because those players didn't have a lot of value at that time. We knew what their mm-hmm. upside was, but there were so many question marks, even LeVar Ball came out and said that he was disappointed in Lonzo's injury history. So what about you, man? What was your thoughts on Lonzo when he came to the Crescent City? Well, the first thing I want to say is, Romeo, don't do that. Don't do that. I know you you did not come in here to type Lonzo to Chicago. Please tell me. That's not why you came in here. That's that's just that's messy. That's messy. Be better, man. Uh, no, um, I I was intrigued just just based off the fact that I saw before Lonzo got hurt in that second year, right? Before he got hurt, he was playing. I think if he doesn't get hurt that year, I think the Lakers not only make the playoffs, but I think um I think Lonzo makes a all de- all NBA uh defense team. Like he was playing that well before before the injury. And then um I mean once he was out, that went away of course and the focus 
jumped all the way back on his flaws. So I was kind of, I mean, I was with you because we remember at the time, I think most of us preferred the Boston package if we had to pick. For sure. Yeah, uh, absolutely. At the time, uh, I, I think it was fair at the time. I remember our, our bird rights handle, our, our close friend, David Fisher, was famously putting up those those dumpster fire uh, tweets and in, in that we still get today. Yeah, in response to Lakers packages, because frankly, we just didn't know what to expect from those Lakers players because of their riddled injury histories. But now that we have them, uh, of course, Brandon Ingram immediately from the get go was the player we saw in his last seven games in Los Angeles, who was shooting, you know, seven threes a game, making 40 percent of them. But Lonzo is a different story. Lonzo got inserted to the starting lineup immediately and he struggled. He struggled to an extent that he got benched and Kenrich Williams was paired next to next to Brandon Ingram in the starting lineup, next to Derek Favors, because he was struggling so much. But then, Christopher, the next 36 games, uh, I think it was 17, 8, and 8, 40% from three-point range. Of course, uh, the bubble burst, and everybody looked terrible, so I never really held that against him. And since we've gotten into the season, Chris, I think we've seen that 36-game Lonzo. We haven't seen the bubble Lonzo, and I don't think we saw the Lonzo that got benched. I think we've seen, like, possibly, like, a top 50 player. And and let's circle around to this, because this is going to be my point. I don't think you trade a top 50 player that uh, is, is you know, just 23 years of age, number one, because he fits so well with B.I. and Zion. Number two, because it's hard to replace good players. Of course, you can assemble draft capital, but that's just kicking your, your core down the line. And I can already hear Charlie Gonzalez in my ear saying like, hey, in LeBron's second season and Giannis' second season and Steph Curry's second season, the roster was still very fluid. And that's a very right. good point. But you still don't want to get good young players who are ascending and improving every year when this guy has just had one healthy offseason to work on his game. You don't want to dismiss those guys. And, and we've got enough first round draft picks. How many do we need? I, I mean, because but not even just that, man. We're talking about a guy who's coachable, a guy who doesn't possess a, a large ego. Right. He doesn't he doesn't possess, um, you know, that the issue, the individual the individuality complex to where he's still trying to figure out what he does best on the floor. And even, even when you see him experiment, it doesn't get into the way nine times out of 10, it's not getting into the way or getting into the way of Zion, your best players. He finds a way and he's finding a way to to do the things that are going to help the team while still progressing as an individual. Um, I don't see many plays uh, from, from Lonzo. I, I, I don't see many Nikhil Alexander Walker type plays where I'm like, Zoe, you're doing too much there. In fact, we're wanting him sometimes to do more, to be less passive and more aggressive more times than not. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, I think, you know, I put up a post uh, a few days ago, you know, showing because I think the biggest I don't want to say a misconception, but what some people that think that Zoe, that the Pelicans should trade, sell high or let him or let him walk at a you know, 20 plus million dollar price, whatever the tag is, what you see people saying is that you can get what Lonzo is doing at a cheaper number. And look, I mean, I looked up just, I looked up his, his current points, rebounds and assist numbers. And I even, I even tinkled, t- uh, 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 changed the price. I mean, Don't the, uh, the points stick with tinkled. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that word ever again. Um, <laughs> but, um, I you I looked those numbers up on Basketball Reference to see okay well how many guys in the league currently right now are putting that up at least no what's that what does that group look like talking about, I think I lost you yeah I think I'm talking you. about thirty two players oh. and out of that group a good majority of them 
you, you, you're looking at high, they're not just role players. You're talking about stars, superstars. The only, I think the guy, the only guy on that list that I wouldn't consider a star yet, whether they're on their way or not, is Karis LeVert. So, um, it just shows that what he's doing right now at 23 years old and with his ability to grow each and every year that he's been, I would say since his, since his rookie year and both years in New Orleans, I mean, given the market and given the history of small franchises, it's not going to be easy to just let that walk and hope you can replenish that. All right, Christopher, nobody wants to hear us talk anymore. We're old news. I need to invite to the stage my buddies Ralph and Andrew Juge, who are joining us. I'm so excited. Of course, they want to talk uh, Cameron Thomas. But before we get to Cameron Thomas, Andrew, LeBron's not playing tonight. Anthony Davis isn't playing tonight. There's no way we can lose, right? <laughs> this silence tells it all to me i, 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 I think I, I that's think a yes i think that's right. a guarantee is it my is it my turn to talk there it is no sorry sorry guys um no i i mean look i i'm no pelicans expert but every time i watch this team it feels like they play up to the level of the competition so you know the better the team the better the stars the better i feel about the possibilities and the weaker the opponent the worse i feel <laughs> great we're, we're off to a great start so we've got confidence uh from Jude, just just brimming through the phone I, I can just feel his confidence ralph are you feeling the same way about watching this game without ad and lebron i feel like it's it's time for the Pelicans to give us that, that like, they're like a drug dealer, and they need to give us the free sample of hope tonight. Like, they're going to look amazing, and we're going to feel good about it. I'm going to check the standings tomorrow morning to see how far they, out of, they are out of eighth. Like, it is the Pelicans' way, right? Like, tonight, we're getting, we're getting the 125 to 95 win and it's all going to look amazing. Like, that is the Pelican way, right? It, that, that's happening tonight. That's what we're looking for. Forget Juge. Forget all the comments he was making about playing down to the competition. Please, as if the Pelicans would ever do that. I, I, have, I have one question, and then I'll just go back to listening. And this is just because I don't understand the NBA salary cap. And I was listening to people. They were arguing about whether they should or shouldn't trade Lonzo. And one of the points they made, and I was like, I don't understand that at all, was that you might want to let him just leave because whatever you get back, the contracts, you might not like them. And whatever value you get back, it wouldn't be as valuable as the cap flexibility you would get by letting Lonzo just walk. And I don't understand the apron and all the salary cap things in the NBA. So could you explain that to me like I'm five? Chris, I can take this one, but if you want it, you can have it. Well, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna give like a one-liner, and then I'm going to let you take it. If you choose cap flexibility, you have to have trust that the man or the multiple men that are making the decisions are going to be able to make the right ones. Um, and that leads perfectly into Preston, who has wonderful things to say about those individuals. We're not going in on David Griffin tonight. Chris. We're going to win. We're going to beat the Lakers. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. We're not going to trade Lonzo Ball. It's a great day to be a Pelican fan. No, let me seriously address uh, Ralph's question. So right now, the Pelicans are right on the cusp of the salary cap. It's why they didn't add a 15th roster spot. It's why, why frankly, they couldn't sign a mid-level uh, tier-free agent like a Jay Crowder. 
because when they signed and trade, you know, Kenrich Williams, Darius Williams, um, uh, and George Hill for Steven Adams, they brought back such an inflated contract. I think Steven Adams is 27.3 uh, million. I'm reading that wrong. Hold on. 27.6 million. Uh, so that's how expensive he was. And because of that, the Pelicans couldn't add around what they already had in-house. They couldn't add a mid-level free agent at $9 million. They couldn't add a biannual free agent at $3 million. So here's what happens if they re-sign Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart. Let's just say the two of them combined for $30 million. Right now, on the books, they have about $89.6 million for 2021-2022. Let's just guess that the luxury cap line is about $140, which is what it is this year. Let's, let's say it's the same because of a, the, the you know, shortage in attendance. So if they get $30 million of Lonzo and Josh Hart, all of a sudden they're already at $120. And then you add a first round draft pick. Let's say it's like a the seventh overall pick. Let's just guess. That's about seven million more. So now you're at one twenty eight million of a one forty uh, luxury tax hit. You still have to make decisions on. Well, we don't care about Najee Marshall probably. Nicola Melli, he can walk, but you still have to fill roster spots. Let's see, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So you only have ten roster spots at that point. You have to fill five more. One of them's a first round pick, so you have to fill four more. So all I'm saying, Ralph, is if you bring back Lonzo and Josh Hart, even at that modest $30 million number, which is probably below what they're going to get, you're back against the, the luxury tax once again, and you can't add a mid-level tier free agent again. Now, that's why it's so critical that the Pelicans move Eric Bledsoe. It's not necessarily because I hate the fit in New Orleans, which I do. <laughs> I absolutely abhor it. But it's because you need that $17 million off the books. If you get that $17 million off the books, all of a sudden you have the space to go out and get a uh, you know, a Jay Crowder type player, because the Pelicans are, let's be honest, they're in desperate need of that three, four guy, that Serge Ibaka type who can spell those minutes, give them some depth, take up that Wendon Gabriel, Nicola Melli uh, minutes right now, because right now that's, that's what they need. I hope that made sense, Ralph. Uh, we've got Juge on stage. Did that make sense to you, Juge? Makes total sense. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to pivot guys. I want to get your take on a couple things. Uh, I guess first I, I'm kind of, unclear on how to assess Nikhil Alexander Walker and Jackson Hayes. I, I feel like there was a point earlier this season where Jackson Hayes was unplayable. Nikhil Alexander Walker wasn't as finding his way on the floor. And so, you know, th- those draft picks, especially when you look at Atlanta and what DeAndre Hunter was doing there, you know, that kind of felt like a huge misstep by the Pelicans, you know, in terms of their draft. But Nikhil Alexander-Walker's had a chance to start. He's had some good games. He's had some huge scoring outputs, and it looks like he's maybe turning a corner. It looks like Jackson Hayes is starting to give the team good minutes. So are you guys feeling a little bit better about the prospects of these two players, realizing how young they are and that they're at least starting to improve a little bit? you guys feel like this can still be part of the Pelicans' future? Chris? Um. I mean, look. I, I think with any with any young player, uh, Juju, you, you have to. They have to have the ability to to go out there and fail, experiment, and you know try to find a way to to, to I guess internalize who they are individually. What works, what's not going to work, and what what particular role or what profile is going to best fit them and help a team be successful. Um, I think for Nikhil, I'm more positive. I'm more uh, I would say uh, optimistic on the kill than I am Jackson because this year, as opposed to last year, he's realizing how important 
his tools and what he can bring defensively, what it can do for this team to where even if he's not scoring the basketball, which he wants to do and he's not shy about, even if he's not scoring the basketball, it can work and he can find minutes and he can play at a, at a really decent or a really good level. Sometimes he can still impact the game. Um, I think what, what, what will help him is whatever happens with Eric Bledsoe, because hopefully that opens up that starting shooting guard position for him. And it puts him at a spot to where he doesn't have a bunch of pressure. Like last year, sometimes he was supposed to be a spark off the bench and uh, along with JJ Redick and, uh, you know, a microwave of sorts based off of what we saw through summer league and, um, you know, in the preseason starting in a, in a starting position with this, with the players he's around, it, it diminishes his role and, you know, what he has on his plate, you know, it's kind of, it's a lot less and a lot easier for him in, in within his development. Jackson is, <sighs> Jackson is a lot further away. I think whether we're talking physically, mentally, uh, he has so many he has so many different bars to have to you know to get by I me mean, even even when you see when you look at a stat line and you see Jackson you say damn Jackson had 10 points he went five for you know he went five for five he went four for four he didn't miss a free throw but you're missing certain aspects about him you're missing uh you know late closeouts you're missing com- you know communications you're missing the backup big man destroying him for five minutes uh a piece at the, the beginning of the fourth and the beginning of second quarter. I mean, there's so many different, uh, you know, he has a long way to go on both sides. But one thing he can give you, and he's doing better this year, is uh, he's realizing the moment he got benched, it allowed him to kind of look inward a little bit more um, as opposed to worrying about making the big play. If he can do that and get stronger and continue to work on his game, the fundamentals, I'm optimistic. But if I had to pick between those two, I'm more optimistic on no. Yeah, I, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, well, last question. I'm, I'll let you answer too, Preston. I want to hear your take on it, but uh, and I'll let some other guys uh, jump in. But uh, I, I wanted to hear how much you guys love or hate the potential of a Cam Thomas draft pick to the Pelicans, since I'm such a. I'm gonna. How do you feel about about adding another Cam, Preston? I yeah, I, I'm gonna let you down here, Juge. I I think we're out on all players under six foot five. I think we've seen enough of them. Enough of them have gone through airline facility. We need a wing, Juge. We need a wing. We've got Brandon Ingram, but he's not really that long defender, that three and D type prototypical guy. We've got Kyra Lewis. We've got Naw, who's about I think he's six six now. Uh, but we had Drew Holiday. We've got Eric Bledsoe. We've got Lonzo Ball. We need some size. We need some size. And I, I know that Cameron Thomas having an LSU. Uh, alum or exciting young player would would be great for the city, would be great for the state. But my God, can we get somebody six foot eight who can defend, you know, fight over a pick and roll, maybe rebound, uh, get some three point shots up from the corner, like, like a Kenrich Williams, Christopher, can we get a Kenrich Williams? Oh God. Oh God. Um, Josh, you're in here. Talk, man. We got to invite him. Uh, him. Phil's Phil's next. So I'm going to put, he's been waiting for a really long time. Here we go. Invite to speak. Phil, what's up, buddy? Guys, I got a couple of kids in the background here, so I apologize. I um I'm I'm pro trading Lonzo. I just don't know how we can afford afford him, you know, long term when this team has shown with him and BI and Zion that they're a sub five hundred team with those pieces. On paper they all look good individually, but together it's just not a very good product for some reason. Think guys. Yeah, of course. I, I totally get um, that Lonzo is going to be an expensive player. He might get as much as $25 million a year, and that's, that's a big card. 
when you're already, um, you know, paying Brandon Ingram what you're paying him. And of course, in three years, you're going to be paying Zion a hefty chunk of change. You're paying Steven Adams close to 20 million a year. You've got Eric Bledsoe on the books for 17 million a year. But if you think he's a high end role player and if you think he's a compliment to Brandon Ingram and Zion long term, then I think you got to keep him in the house. But that's that's up to you. That's who do you see when you look at Lonzo Ball? And there's a reason that we fight daily in the Bird Rights DM and on Twitter about the value of Lonzo Ball because he is such a polarizing figure. So you can't say that you're right about Lonzo. You can't say that somebody's wrong about Lonzo because Lonzo is on an unusual player. Lonzo is not that type of point guard who's going to get, you know, 25 to 30 points every game. He's not even the type of guy who's really going to get you 10 assists every game. He's kind of becoming a three and D playmaker. Who's not the guy who's really going to take you off the dribble, but he can. He's not typically the guy who's going to like shut down an opposing best player like Dame Lillard, but he can, we saw him do it to John Moran. So he is a very, I don't know, seesaw type player. But the thing that we do see consistently out of him is that when he's on the floor, the Pelicans do well. He ranks in the 92nd percentile and on off. Sorry, Chris, are you laughing at me? No, I'm laughing at I'm laughing at Juge, man. <laughs> Who has better hair, Marv Albert or Drew Brees? It's Marv. Marv's hair hair is way more seasoned. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Man. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Chris, because because we're going fake hair versus hair plugs. Which which one wig <laughs> wig versus plugs? How, how do take, you judge that? I'm taking the wig, man. I'm I'm sorry for for it to be for it to last this long, him to continue to be this consistent with it. Um, I'm going with Marv. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. This got me off topic, but it made me laugh. So I'm 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 taking Marv. <laughs> <laughs> well, when they're seated next to each other uh, next year, uh, we'll we'll have a better look at the two of them side by side. I think that'll give us a, a better perspective on who truly has the better fake hair. Uh, now I know we've got one more person waiting. Never mind, he's gone. I'm so sorry, John. We let you down. So the game's about to start. It's literally tipping right now. Do you have any closing comments, Chris? Would you like to guarantee a victory? I, I'm, you, you know damn well I'm not doing that. There's, there's, no, way, there's no way possible that you're going to get me to guarantee a victory of any sorts. Uh, I am just going to hope that they come out and treat the Lakers uh, even without their best two players. I hope they treat them with some type of level of damn respect. Um, and they don't allow this game to be close. They This is a team that, even though the L.A. is going to play really good defense and they're going to try to find their way, don't allow them to find their way against you. And Devontae Kakak is already off with his first steal of his NBA career. Chris, it's going well, but we've got plenty more basketball to play. Thank you all so much for joining us, and if you want to, we'll be back here at halftime. So Josh, Master Air, and Andrew, hopefully we'll see you then. But for now, let's dance and let's go Pels. I don't even know how to turn this off. That's how old I am. Oh, God. I'll see you at halftime, sir. It's <laughs> <laughs> to say in recording or leave room or something like that. It says room recording and podcast. This indicator means the host has chosen to record this room. They will be provided a copy of the audio. So that's super helpful. <laughs> bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Let's talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. 
And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you, so you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for, you guessed it, more sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. Christopher Bismack, Biombo, Connor, go for it. (laughs) I just want to say that when we did the pregame, I had about a quarter of a drink. Um, Currently, I have about two and a half. So um, I can't promise you what where this conversation is going to go left or right but um let's do it your performance is already exceeding eric blood so so i'm proud of you uh that that puts me on a low bar (laughs) (laughs) that's all we need right now we're playing the g league lakers uh the points in the paint being the big storyline 40 for the pelicans just 12 for the los angeles lakers shooting 52 percent from the field to 35 uh, they're kind of doing what they were supposed to do. Kuzma is the leader right now, and Brandon Ingram is just cooking right now. He is just feasting, uh, and it's it's going the Pelicans' way. The largest lead has been 17. The Lakers led by five at one point. The Pelicans aren't turning the ball over, which is huge for them. Uh, seemingly, what could go wrong, Chris? Uh, I'll, I'll just vamp a little bit more while you get your bearings. Let's see. Uh, 31 combined points for Zion and Ingram on 19 shots, so... Nothing could yeah. go wrong, Chris. Let's go ahead and bring Juge on the stage. Juge, what did you think of the first half? Uh, I was good with it. I thought the Pelicans looked really good. I was very surprised to see Steven Adams score so much early. Uh, so that that was kind of raising an eyebrow right from the very start. And, you know, usually when Eric Bledsoe is this bad, bad things happen. So it was surprising to me to see the Pelicans kind of mitigate. Yeah, I think what they did what they had to without a true center uh, in the Lakers lineup. No AD, right. no Marcus Uh They just went straight at Devontae Kakak. Kaka! And uh, Marcus Morris, who uh, played well, <laughs> he had a couple of three balls go in there towards the end of the second. He was kind of keeping them in there. But they put Montrez Harrell in there, Chris Conner, who I think is like a soft 6'6". So, yeah, the, the Pelicans are beating up in the paint. And right now, Steven Adams only has 12 minutes played, but that's kind of... All the Pelicans need from him right now. They they don't seem like they need a lot of anything. I mean, the the tallest player currently getting minutes on the Lakers right now is Marquise Morris at six nine, and listed at six nine. So, um, I mean, I, I listen. I mean, they they're doing what they need to do right now. They it looked like that they had an emphasis coming out of the coming out of the locker room to start the game to find Stephen Adams. Uh, they continued to drive, and the Lakers consistently left Stephen Stephen alone. Even when they, even when Stephen rolled, he was getting looks that that he hasn't gotten. I, I would say since earlier in the year, in regards to them passing the passing the basketball to him, and he finished. So I mean, I would hope coming out the third quarter that things like the you know uh, experts like that ends up they end up continuing, and hopefully, um, hopefully they don't they don't come out flat and allow the Lakers to make this a game in which uh, the starters are playing late into the fourth quarter. Because, uh, I mean, this Lakers squad is not built to survive very long against talented teams without AD or LeBron or and LeBron. 
And I apologize if you all hear my baby crying in the background. My wife just put her down. We're going to give her about a 10 count, and then we're going to go in there and save her. Uh, but another another missed story from the first half was the Lakers scored 46 points to the Pelicans 59, but 10 of those came at the free throw line. They got 16 opportunities for gimmies, only converted 10 of them. So if you think about it, their leading score, Montrose Harrell, uh, 10 points, six of which came at the free throw line. Uh, so the only person who's really been punishing the Pelicans in any regard is just Marcus Morris with those two three-pointers. So right now the Pelicans literally having their way in every single aspect of this game. It's kind of what you expected from them. But, you know, you were kind of tepid going in there that Kyle Kuzma could go off, this Taylor Horton Tucker that everybody seems to be talking about. Even Alex Caruso, to a lesser extent, hasn't performed at all. He's got zeros across the board, not a shot taken, not a point scored, one rebound, one steal, one assist. Uh, Jason, raise your hand if you've got anything to say, Chris. Um, yeah, I, at, at one point it looked like Contavious Caldwell Pope was matched up against Brandon Ingram, crossed him up, and Contavious just stopped contesting right now. Uh, yeah. So it's it's I, I don't know what else to say. It, it feels good, but obviously there's that empty feeling knowing that Gasol, AD, and LeBron aren't out there. But it looks right. like the Pelicans, you know, are going to walk out of this one hopefully with an easy win, unless God forbid Frank Vogel goes into halftime and flips over an ice cooler and says, "Don't you do this to me? We own this team." <laughs> well, I mean, look, I mean, the Lakers—they lack size right now, and they and they lack playmaking depth. So, I mean, when the only guy right now that can – and, wow, Kyle Kuzma has, has kind of slid into that role from the minute AD went out. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, LeBron went out. I mean, he's currently, he currently has six assists. But your only uh, penetrator that is going to facilitate for others or that has that ability consistently is Dennis Schroeder or has shown it. They don't have anyone off the bench that can provide that right now. So – I mean, when you're battling that and you're battling, you know, being a being a small team and you're missing your two best players, two two players that, you know, happen to be one of the best, you know, two of the best in basketball. I mean, um, I mean, even guys like, you know, THT, Taylor Horton Tucker isn't really being aggressive. He's not playing. I mean, he's taking two shots. He only has one assist, no rebounds. He hasn't scored a point. Um it's just not a recipe for success, though. I mean, the Pelicans have gotten a good hand today. Uh, they don't seem to have, you know, they haven't had to really uh, exhaust a grand effort, even when the Lakers got things going. And, you know, but I, I hope that coming out of halftime, you should expect the Lakers to come out with some type of urgency and hopefully the Pelicans, you know, um, respond to it. And like I said, put this game away. And shout out to Brandon Ingram, who we always praise for what he does on the offensive end. And he was certainly cooking on that end tonight. But he was primarily matched up with Kyle Kuzma for the most part. And I think Kyle Kuzma just had one basket and it was a three-point attempt. So he's got just three points. So B.I. doing it on both ends right now. And something that we haven't talked about yet, Chris Connor, Marv Albert missed uh, Wesley <laughs> Matthews on three different occasions. Is it time for Marv Albert to hang it up? Marv's been doing this all year, man. I mean... <laughs> I, and you know what? I blame I blame us because the minute we started talking about his hair, he must have he must have seen it or heard it, and he obviously had to be distracted. He had to be distracted. That's the only no. I mean, he he's done that a lot this year. My man is um, I think I think at some point Marv is you know he's he's done his service. He's he's legendary. He's going in the broadcast Hall of Fame. Uh, but I mean, how many times can you can you confuse Brandon Ingram with Wesley Matthews? 
I do want to give a shout out to Jude, who was asking if Jackson Hayes can ever develop. And of course, Chris and I both sitting up on our podium were like, of course not. This number eight <laughs> overall pick, who's only 20 years old, is never going to develop, Andrew. What a ridiculous question. Uh, but he was pretty active. Uh, 10 points on four shots. He had a couple tough finishes over Montrez Harrell. Obviously, he's got that length advantage. Uh, he was active running up and down the court. He kept uh, Dennis Schroeder out of the paint for the most part. And when Schroeder was able to break down the defense, he got those long arms. He had a couple of um, yeah, yeah. goal tens where, where the ball was falling down and he just needs to be better about just letting it fall. But he had his arms uh, flailing all over the place, kind of like a sponge. Uh, what's what's wacky inflatable arm flailing tube man? Wacky inflatable <laughs> arm flailing tube man. That's what I think about when I think of Jackson Hayes. But for the better part of tonight, in his twelve minutes, it it worked, and his plus minus uh, shows the effect he had. That there was one really interesting lineup um, that had Zion Jackson Hayes out there with Kaya Nikhil Alexander Walker, and I want to say it was Brandon Ingram. Anyway. It, w- it was doing really, really well. I think they went on an 8-0 run. And just having that flexibility, that versatility, having five guys on the floor who can kind of operate with the ball, uh, who can also move off the ball, it just it just looked like the guys were fluid. But again, you know, we're getting super excited about a, a, a G League squad that's out there. Of course, they have a starting center named Devontae Kaka right now. So <laughs> a good performance should be expected. No, um, I mean, it was, it was very good to see Jackson um... – you know, finally take advantage of some of the tools that that he has. He's too he's too passive out of the post, and he showed you know on one on one play he goes he goes opposite shoulder against Kyle Kuzma, uh, puts in a nice post move. One of the one of the only I mean I I won't even say a handful, but I haven't seen many, um, and I even tweeted that that was the most uh, impressive non dunk that I've seen him convert, and it actually looked smooth. It looked like something that he works that he works on when. Uh, Ali isn't there pregame, you know, so um, I I'm happy in his case, just like the Pelicans case. You're playing a team like this that lacks size, lacks talent. This is what you are supposed to do. And you're supposed to do this. You know, you shouldn't have to just simply play up, play up to your talent. You shouldn't play down to your talent when you have a team that is lacking certain talents, lacking certain elements that you clearly have an advantage at it's your job to um to take advantage of it now one of the things here i want to answer Judy's question before we before we depart at some point he says we're not there yet i guess but at what point do we bench eric bledsoe entirely preston i mean uh obviously everybody in the bird rights dm knows that i was furious at the pelicans chose to absorb Eric Bledsoe and not George Hill. Uh, I thought that was a misnomer from the beginning. We've seen evidence of Eric Bledsoe's reaction to being non-winning cultures uh, over the past decade, uh, most notably in Phoenix when he famously tweeted, I don't want to be here. And obviously Milwaukee's that kind of situation. He gets a big money contract. And of course, when you sign a contract like that, a mid-tier contract, $17 million a year, you inevitably become a trade candidate. And so now you've got, I don't know, 31-year-old, 32-year-old Eric Bledsoe who's getting getting closer to the end of his career than the beginning. He doesn't want to play for a team like New Orleans. That should be obvious at this point. And frankly, that's what he's been showing it, uh, not just in his on-court, off-court effect, but in his body language, in, in the way that he defends. We're talking about an all-world defender, and he, that's not what he's giving the Pelicans right now. Let me just go over, um, of course, his basic stat line, 11 points, uh, 4 assists, 3.4 rebounds. These are all career lows, uh, just 42% from the field, 37%. From three, which is pretty good for him. He's shooting a bit better from distance. But let's talk about his effect. 
So you've got the Pelican starters, Alonzo, B.I., and Brandon Ingram. 93rd percentile, 88th, 77th. Then you drop down to Zion, who kind of leads that second unit. He's at 57th percentile. Okay, not great, but he's still one point better than his opponent per 100 possessions. Then you get to their fifth starter. This this is a really solid starting group. The top three, 77th percentile or better. Eric Bledsoe, 41st percentile. The Pelicans are actually two points worse per 100 possessions with Bledsoe on the floor. And this is a guy who plays a lot of his minutes with the Pelicans' best players. And you'd, you'd want to say, like, oh, the Pelicans must be much better defensively with Bledsoe on the floor and, and, and much worse offensively. It's actually the opposite. When he's on the floor, the Pelicans place in the 17th percentile defensively. So when he's on the floor, the Pelicans suck on the defensive side. So none of it makes sense. It's not adding up. Right now... The Pelicans are in a position where they just need to start, you know, going with their youth. Let's see what Nikhil has. What's, let's see what Kyra has. Nikhil is entering his third season. So it's really time to, to see what he's got. You're not contending. You're barely on the cusp of a play-in right now. So, yeah, it's 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 long past time. Uh, and I think the reason that we do still see Eric Bledsoe in the starting lineup is because you have to deal him. You can't carry his $17 million on the books next year. After that, uh, I, I think the Pelicans owe him around $4 million the year after that. So you want to cut ties. You want to send him to a contender. But you can't do that because he's not performing. So David Griffin's thought must be, if we bench him, that makes him more difficult to move. My kickback would be, well, he's playing terribly right now. So bench him. See if he can carve up second units. See if he can build up some of that value, boost up some of his numbers, play a bit better on the defensive end, and then promote him to another team as a six-man. Like, that's your best bet at this point. Otherwise... You're going to carry him into next season. And I don't think there's a single Pelicans fan. I don't even know if there's a Pelicans front office member who wants to do that. We heard whispers that David Griffin was trying to get a fourth team involved in that blockbuster trade this summer to get uh, Bledsoe somewhere else. But it ended up not coming to fruition. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And now the Pelicans are kind of stuck. If, if you bench him, you can't move him. But you kind of can't move him anyway. So why not, Chris, just put in the kale? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if you don't have... if you have to at worst put him in a position to where he can look um he can look in a spot where he looks comfortable he's not comfortable with that with that starting unit it's not a spot where he um is looking to be aggressive he doesn't know exactly where uh he fits right now he's hesitant on shooting his shot isn't falling he's not he hasn't come to grips with i think what he is athletically and defensively, for every for every good play that he ends up making, there's a couple of others to where you say, I mean, bro, you've been in the league too long to make something like that have, or, or or to not give that effort. It's just a tough spot, especially when you're undersized um, and your activity and your effort are one of the things that, you know, supposed to end up making you a starting caliber player like he's been for so long. So, um you know, they have to find a way to put him in a spot, like you said, that um, can showcase something he can do well. And coming off the bench, uh, leading that unit as the point guard versus being an off guard, where he has the ball in his hands more, a spot to where he can he can get out, he can get off some screens, some pick and rolls, and have options to play make for himself or others. I think that's your best that's your best option because with that starting unit, he's not going to have a high usage. He's not going to be in positions to be much more than just a, you know, uh, not even a secondary creator, a third or fourth or sometimes even fifth option like he's been tonight or as he's struggling. And that doesn't put a guy like him who is not making open shots right now and not creating off the dribble um, in a good spot. 
if you haven't already, Juge, I would recommend you go and follow Will Hayes underscore 24. He has a terrific tweet <laughs> that's going to tickle you. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Anyway, we got to go. Uh, the second half is upon us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, uh, mainly Juge, who's in the room and plugs right now. Uh, tomorrow, we've got a big one. We're going to be 24 hours from the trade deadline, so we've got the whole crew coming together. Fish, David Grubb, Kevin Berryhouse, Ollie. Uh, and they're going to go over what they're hearing, what could possibly happen. Of course, J.J. Reddick, Lonzo Ball, and Eric Bledsoe are going to be the main topics of conversation. But who's to say? Who knows what's going to happen? Woj has already said he'll be shocked if Aaron Gordon isn't moved. That's somebody the Pelicans have been linked to. Uh, that could be a possible, I don't know, Bledsoe and picks, Bledsoe and Lonzo and, and picks back for maybe like a Cole Anthony type in addition to Aaron Gordon. Who knows? Who's to say? But those guys will have more information than I do right now. For right now, the second half has started. So thank you to my friend Chris Connor at Impatient Bull. Uh, what would you say your over-under is for drinks tonight? Uh, I will probably, let's see, I'm at two. Let's go with four. I'm going to take the under. All right. All right. We'll take the over. All right. For the rest of you, <laughs> I will talk to you soon. Let's dance and let's go, pals. This time, I do know how to end the room. for listening to the bird calls on the armchair all-american network if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today let's jump into pepper's world of play look for spring flowers hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with pepper play sets pepper pig inspiring kid confidence